Stephen Byrne on 2FM. Welcome back to the roundup of everything that happened on the show on 2FM at the weekend. You can catch me, Stephen Byrne, every Saturday and Sunday from 3 o'clock. Lots of great music, brand new music too, and also we talked to some of the biggest stars in the world. And this week, it was a big one. Nicole Kidman joined us on the show to talk all about her brand new show, Nine Perfect Strangers, which hits Amazon Prime on the 20th of August. Yes, the Nicole Kidman talking all about the show, um, which is based on a book which was written by the same author that wrote Big Little Lies. So if you love that, and I'm sure you're going to love this too. We also spoke to Asher Keddy, who appears in the show. And the cast of this one's huge. Nicole Kidman, Melissa McCarthy, Manny Jacinta, Asher Keddy, Luke Evans, Melvin Gregg, Samara Weaving, Michael Shannon, Regina Hall, Bobby Cannavale. And we're going to be talking to some more over the course of the next few weeks as well. As well as that, we got to talk to Jack Septiguy, superstar YouTuber, all about his appearance in Ryan Reynolds' brand new movie, Free Guy, alongside Dan TDM, who's another massive YouTuber. They appear in cameo roles throughout the film, and it's definitely one worth watching. But uh, first off, let's kick it off with the big one. This is Nicole Kidman and Asher Keddy talking about Nine Perfect Strangers. Nicole, from the get-go, uh, seeing this and seeing that you filmed it in Australia, that for me, for you, and, and, and everyone involved in the production must have just been amazing. And for you to go back as well to where you began. Yeah, I mean, I've, I was, I'm amazed because I, strangely enough, I started off in Australia doing, I did a, a film, um, a couple of films, but then I did a thing which was very, very well known at the time was miniseries. And I started off in miniseries. Um, one of them was called Vietnam, another one was called Bangkok Hilton. And so to have come full circle and now be um, doing an enormous amount of work in limited series like this is um, fascinating to me. It's a fantastic milieu to work as an actor because you get um, so much more screen time to mm. explore a character. And right now, as we know, there's also, you know, there just isn't the voracious appetite for film as there is for um, television. And so to have that opportunity to work on, even though it's a smaller screen, but still bring that cinematic language and hopefully storytelling to the smaller screen, that's exciting. And it's been, you know, a, a door opener for me, actually. Yeah, well, I mean, we're talking with this nine... Um... Uh, Nine Perfect Strangers it's based on a book but a book series that was written by the exact same person who wrote Big Little Lies which of course is a massive success uh, for you and, and, and everyone involved um, what was it like filming this in isolation because obviously you know uh, being in Australia you're both from there but at the same time in the midst of a pandemic when the whole world was being shut down I mean Asha can, can answer to that because I, I was sort of, um, if, if we were in a bubble, yeah. we were all working together. I was so happy. She, she had, I had my family with me. Asha had to leave her family. So, um, and a lot of the cast members had to, cause that was, you know, we were in, I think that was one of the biggest things is that you couldn't travel easily. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, you know, the, the content of the show, there was that for sure. I had to leave my family, which is, and that's the first time I've ever done that. And it was, um, that, that was challenging. However, the bubble that we were in and the protocols that we had to follow and everyone followed admirably, in particular, our incredible crew. Um, 
was 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 great actually and pretty conducive to the material that we were exploring really I think don't you think Nick it was very intense very um there was no halfway with this project I mean we really threw ourselves into it the emotional and physical investment was was big so I guess it was challenge challenging and it was mentally uh rigorous but I think I'll go out on a limb here and say that the entire ensemble is an ensemble of actors that actually enjoy that. So we were happy to push and be challenged in that way mentally. Yeah, and we were able to really um, work on it all together all the time because there was not really a lot of distractions. I mean, we were (laughs) in Byron Bay and we were there for months on end. And so we would all... Um, we were just together. You couldn't really do anything else but work on the show and spend time together. And mm. um, and so that's that's a very unusual thing this day and age because prior to this pandemic, a lot of it was people would come in, fly out. Um, yeah. You know there was there was there wasn't that feeling of and this is a true ensemble piece. Yeah. I feel. I would be very happy to spend a lot of time with everyone in that cast. How do you guys go about? managing stress because you know you talk about it there flying in and out that was the old world uh we will get back to that at certain points but also managing projects and 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 your personal life and and your public life and then of course your working life as well how do you de-stress when it comes to it and and remove yourself from the pressures of those things do you want to go first nick (laughs) 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 who wants to do it um I, I, I mean, I try to take a run. I try to um, <laughs> meditate. I swim. Yeah. I spend time with my family. Um, I, I don't know if it's fighting stress or surrendering to it. Um, <laughs> stress has become a huge part of my life. It just is. And a lot of it is saying, okay, that is a part of my life. And um, how do I manage it would probably be more than the word fight. It would be how do I manage it? And you know, there's times when I don't and there's times and there's times when you're acting when you actually don't want to be at peace. Mm. You're looking to have that really kind of um, disturbed psyche and some of that is uncomfortable and unpleasant and it's allowing that to be so that you can emotionally give to a role. So it's always um, a balancing act. <clears throat> I don't run like Nicole. <laughs> And probably exercise like that. But... I don't know if I run. I kind of Lod. jog, plod. <laughs> Very elegantly. Walk, um, walk jog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think releasing stress for me is actually being with with the family. That's mm. what it does. I, I feel that's my safe, happy place when I'm with my husband and my children. And there's so many m- moments of family within this show, um, all to do with grief and 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 how we deal with that because you know it's very easy for me to say that this is a show about a wellness retreat but it's not just that it's not just people going off to do some yoga there's a lot of trauma within this storyline and well i think this show is different to uh you know as much as it's a wellness retreat and it's not about self-improvement no 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 it's actually about people that are suffering and that are um, hurting and that have experienced, you know, not to give storylines away, but there's (laughs) um, different things that each character is experiencing that will be unraveled as the show goes along. 
but you realize it's not about coming to lose weight or to um, improve, you know, your meditation skills or to, you know, have a nice seven days where you check in and relax. Mm -hmm. They're actually no. not coming for that. They're no, coming and they may think that, yeah. They're coming because they've, they're, I think identity plays into this a lot. They're, they're coming because they've lost this their identity in a way. Who they, I mean, France, you know, Francis, there's characters in there, including mine, who just doesn't know, doesn't remember who she used to be. And they're reaching, I think they're, they're people that are reaching for their identity again and their sense of, of, of worth in place in the world as opposed to yes some of those things that are associated with wellness retreats yeah so it's under yeah. the guise of a wellness retreat and then you peel those layers back but that's why mm. we say to everyone you have to see all eight episodes because the final yeah. two episodes seven and eight are pretty much the revelatory episodes <laughs> Um, I don't know if you, I don't think you would have been given seven and eight. No, no, I haven't. I haven't seen them. No. <laughs> no, I've seen, I've seen six. So it's I've that sort six. of series where oh, you've been given six. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so those last two episodes are revelatory, which is kind of what yeah. we love about oh, I can't wait. doing, that's what I love about doing a series is that in the same way in Big Little Lies, you didn't find out Celeste's damage and the things she was that were going to happen until that last episode, you know. Um, mm. I think there's just different, that's what's probably the most frustrating thing about a limited series is that um, having, not having the um, journalists and every, and the reviewers see the whole series. Uh, we, You know, uh, there's different methods that are used within this show as well. And one of those is microdosing, um, which the participants at the Wellness Street aren't aware that they are being drugged through uh, the smoothies that they're getting every morning. Uh, did you have to kind of dive into those worlds and, and, and understand how those sort of therapies work? And, and what sort of, um, I guess, calculations did you make about them through your own eyes? I mean, gosh, maybe I'm just really sheltered. I don't know. Working in a bubble on film sets for two years. I feel like I was, I felt quite confronted by, <laughs> by the, the different therapies that were being explored. Yeah. And I, I thought, really? Oh, wow. But you know what I have to say? As we moved through the journey, and I can only speak to my own character, but, and, and her, um, incredible dilemma, but I, as we move through the journey, mm. I had to keep asking myself the question, how far, and this is a big question for the show, I think too, how far would I go to try mm. and achieve some sense of, of place in the world and equilibrium inside? How far mm. would I go? What would I do? And I find those questions really, really confronting. Mm. Um, However, if, I a remember. Child, if a child was involved, yeah. Yeah. I might go pretty far. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. And yeah. I think that dealing with crises is, is that that's what we look at, I guess, in great detail. As you know, you've seen up to episode six is yeah. dealing with crises. Mm. How far would mm. you go to try and resolve things for yourself? Mm. I don't know if resolve's the right word, but. Yeah, yeah. and to try and heal. I mean, those are the and they're, and they're, they're yeah. huge. They're huge questions, and mm. um, I think that's part of Liam Moriarty's 
um, expertise is her ability to bring in what is an entertaining sort of milieu and then put in the subject the subject matter that is so complicated and deep particularly Asher's yeah. family storyline um, but there's many storylines in it that and then when you say I made a film birth where the character is grieving so much that she will believe a 10 year old boy is her husband reincarnated. I mean, oh. I love those stories, you know, because they're, they're like, what will a human being do to, oh. to soothe and, and to themselves. put balm on yeah. the pain? Oh. And telling a story where you don't fall into, where you're going, okay, well, there's this and now it's going to veer off here and is that too much or are you allowed to go there and where do oh. the rules what are the rules and who sets those rules and even who says that this reality is more important than another reality so all of those oh. things are fascinating to me and to explore them on it in in a television show is kind of bold and I was like, are you sure, Dave? Yeah. And I said to David E. Kelly, I'm like, are you sure we can go there? But I remember having those existential conversations. Asher and I sat around, there's a scene around the fireplace mm. where I'm trying to yeah. convince them to go. And we had like one of the deepest conversations I've ever had on a film set. Oh. I know, we were, me what too. Was, what yeah. was it about? I don't yeah. know what it was actually about. No. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we did because we were... Yeah. Yeah, well, and I hope connected. the show does that. Yeah. I mean, all I know is that people see seven and eight and they sob, oh, they cry. God. And that's mm. a fantastic thing to be able to say. If you're willing to go there, go there. And I'm not saying mm. that you will, you may not. <laughs> I um, will, I will. But it's just interesting that, you know, people that I've watched it with have been incredibly emotionally moved, which is kind of weird with this comedy drama um, collision. Oh, I love her so much. I love both of them. I love them all. And also, like I said, we'll be talking to some of the cast next week as well. So we'll actually be able to dive into a lot of what happens in that first episode. Anyway, let's keep it going. Massive superstar YouTuber Jacksepticeye from Ireland has gone on to have over 27 million subscribers online. On top of that, billions of YouTube views as well. He is honestly one of the most famous Irish people in the world. I'm not saying that lightly. And he appears in the brand new Ryan Reynolds film, Free Guy, alongside Dan TTM, who's also another YouTuber. And I got to catch up with the lads to talk all about their roles in the movie and making that migration from YouTuber to Hollywood superstar. Guys, congratulations. Uh, what happens when you get a call or an email into your inbox that goes, Ryan Reynolds wants to work with you? Is it just an immediate, yes, we're doing this? Well, well, first thing I do is, yes, yeah, <laughs> first thing I do is ticket and hover over the trash button and then realize, oh, wait, this might actually be serious. So you have to actually read it. <laughs> How is it when, you know, when I guess, you know, there's always been, I started on YouTube back in the day, finished kind of about eight years ago, and, and that's how I got into media. But when those sort of lines do blur and uh, you get these opportunities to, to move into these sort of spheres, do you feel like you get the respect and, and all that when you do? Is it uh, just good fun and, and all of that? Or is it kind of like, oh, you feel like you're in a different world? I mean, it's it's kind of weird for this one because we we're doing the same thing in a different yeah. world. So I, I think it's cool that it's gotten to a point where, because YouTube was always seen as like the joke career for a while that people would not really take it that seriously. And now it's, it's starting to become a lot more legitimized and a lot more normalized. So I think the fact that we get to be in this 
and sort of be like a pseudo sort of representation for other people who do this kind of job. And people can like look at the screen and be like, hey, I know that person. And I feel like people know YouTubers a lot more than they would know like a standard celebrity, whether that's good or bad, I don't know. But um, <laughs> I, I think it's cool that that line like has been crossed and that we get to sort of stand in and represent other people. And I think it's brilliant. Um, if you in, in any way could, I guess, live in a video game world, what video game world would you guys want to live in if you could, if you were forced to, because there's not that many that I think we would actually like to live in. <laughs> I was just about to say Minecraft, but I was thinking of everything bad that can happen to you in that game. Um, yeah. I think I would say that still though. It's easy to build your own house, real life, not so easy. Minecraft, just throw up a few few blocks. So um, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna say Minecraft. Yeah, you can just punch a tree and make a house. Exactly. I mean, easy. all the games I want to be in, I will be dead in 10 minutes. So I don't know if I, yeah. I don't know if I want to live in a video game. You know what? I want to live in the real world because that's better. That's the best video game you can play. Yeah. Have you seen the graphics outside? It's nuts. <laughs> I do think it's a simulation on a daily basis, to be fair. So I mean, look at us. We're doing all these interviews on Zoom. So something's something's yeah. going wrong out there. Someone broke the code. Something's strange. <laughs> Um, did you get the opportunity to meet Ryan Reynolds and and what was that like and and, and what sort of conversations did you have with him? Uh, not not, not for this. You have, yeah. Yeah. Mm. I met him before for like a different thing for Deadpool 2 back in the day. But for this one, no, because we in the middle of it. I mean, that's kind of the beauty of us getting to be ourselves in the movie that we could actually do it from yeah. our setups and it looks authentic. Mm-hmm. Um, but we didn't get to go and do all that. I mean, the movie was supposed to come out a year ago and we're still here. I know doing it like this i'm just glad it's coming out at all i'm glad the world's going back to normal <laughs> yeah 100 because i remember um sean jack when you put uh the, the video up saying i'm going to be in a movie with ryan reynolds and you obviously that massive massive um you know egg cry from your fans just being like oh my god so what have your fan bases kind of seen with this and what has the reaction been from uh, from them because we have been waiting for it for a very long time so are you getting messages from them all the time going when's it coming out what's happening what is this yeah <laughs> i mean a lot of people said that i was them for sure a lot of them said that i was not in it at all and then ryan and i joked on twitter that i was playing cubert in the movie and then it was credited on google jacks have to yeah. cubert <laughs> so i kind of just ran with that and said that i'm playing i said i was playing a dancer named donnie who's like down on his luck who's trying to make it into the world of dance and then people believe that so People are going to be horrifically disappointed when they see being Cuber. Have you had? Yeah, people. People have actually asked me. I've gotten emails being like, "Man, I loved Cubert when I was younger." Like, okay, sorry. (laughs) How is he going to fit into this? Uh, when it comes to, to film as well, does this give you a little bit of a taste of, of wanting to get more involved in that sort of world, Dan? Or are you kind of would you in any way want to? Or are you very happy kind of doing what you do? I'm always happy doing what I do, but um. Yeah, a little bit. I think the whole creative side is very different because you you just either play yourself or play someone else and then the rest of the creative is like done for you. Whereas yeah, when we do what we do, we control pretty much every aspect. So that would be really difficult to get used to. But yeah, I'm always open to try new things for sure. And for you, um, Sean, you obviously, you know, your last video was, was a short film. Is that something that you want to explore more um, as well? It was gorgeous. And, and, and I thought it was brilliant. Thank you. So, <laughs> um, um, it was uh, yeah. harrowing, harrowing, obviously. But we've yeah, all very, very sobering indeed. I'm waiting for the Oscar call any day now. <laughs> um, I think, 
Yeah, I've always kind of been fascinated by movies. I've always kind of like loved them and loved narrative and lighting and shots and editing and composition and all that kind of stuff. And I think that was just kind of a, a fun sort of thing to try out and see if I could do it myself. Um, but I, yeah, I've always kind of been interested in it. I don't know if I'd be a full-fledged actor because that's a hard job and I don't know if I'm capable, but anything related to movies I think is cool. I'd love to be in them in any sort of fashion. Stephen Byrne on 2FM.